It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Packers. Your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And it's Friday, and it's our last look at the Packers versus Texans at Lambeau Field. And before we get rolling, I'd like to remind you to check out PackerReport.com, where number one, the world's best preview will be posted tonight. Um, last week's ran 6,000 words, which is you know the equivalent of about 10... Uh, typical stories. In number two, Pack Report members can get 10% discounts on tickets. What a great way to get into Sunday's game against the Texans. So check that out. And also, please check out the rest of the great Lockdown Podcast Network while you're at it. We've got Lockdown NFL, Lockdown Fantasy, and Lockdown Texans. And speaking of Lockdown Texans, I talked to Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle for today's Behind Enemy Lines segment. And if you like what you're listening to, Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and Android app. I'm here every Monday through Friday to talk to you about your favorite team. All right, let's get on with the show. Second down will be our behind enemy line segment. Third down, what will the Packers do to inside linebacker? And fourth down, my keys to victory. But first, we start on first down, and we start in Minneapolis, where the Cowboys beat the Vikings 17-15 to last night on a late two-point stop. That outcome sent the Vikings a six and six. Really, this is a big. This is exactly what the Packers needed, because if you look what the Vikings have going forward, they have the easiest schedule by far in the NFC North. Up next for the Vikes, at Jacksonville, that's a win. Home against Indianapolis, that's a win. At Green Bay, really the only toss-up. Then home against Chicago, that's a win. So they've got three pretty easy wins there in that Packers game. So for for Green Bay's sake. You needed the Vikings to lose, right? I mean, the, the Packers could win all these games coming up, but, but if the Vikings win all these games too, including last night, it wouldn't have mattered. So, you know, just based on that, if, if they win the games they should win, they get, they get them to 9-6. and six. And, Green Bay, and if Green Bay beats them here, that's 9-7, and seven, and then the Packers would have the edge there, in theory, if, if they can win some games here. And that takes us to Detroit, as Mike McCarthy would call them. And as last night's game was the big one for Green Bay's purposes that involved the Vikings, this is the big one for the Lions. The Lions, as you know, are 7-4. and four. And here's their upcoming schedule. At the Saints on Sunday. Home against Chicago. At the Giants. At the Cowboys. The home against Green Bay. So this, to me, is the big one because the rest of those games seem pretty well cut and dried. Let's go through it. At 7-4, and four, they, they beat Chicago, so now they have eight wins. They lose to the Giants, who are 8-3, and three, and the Cowboys, who are 11-1. And that's six losses. Obviously, Green Bay's going to have to win that game, that season failing. So that's seven losses. So we have them at eight wins, and we've got seven losses. So that takes us to that Saints game, and this is why this is huge for Green Bay. Because it's the one game that's not cut and dry. 
And if, if Detroit wins, what you know that if this if the Lions win this game, that may, maybe they get nine wins at the end of the year. And if they lose, that gives them they'd be looking at a potential eight and eight record. And at Green Bay, look, they're probably not going to run the table, right? I mean, they're they're four and uh, excuse me, five and six now. I mean, maybe they finish nine and seven. So it'd be huge if if the Detroit only gets to eight wins. So again, you know, if you look at those five games. You know, Chicago is is eight wins, and you know they lose to the Giants, the Cowboys. Green Bay needs to win. Maybe they only get to eight and eight if they lose to the Saints. The Saints are five and six, and three at two at home. So this is not a great team, but they have the potential to play great. The Saints, I believe, have scored seven more touchdowns than their opponent. So that's a that's a man, that's a sign of strength right there. But they're just madding, maddeningly inconsistent. I mean, this has been the this has been the same story for what five years now, where you know they're just they are the picture of mediocrity, where they can score forty points on any given Sunday, but then give up forty two. So as far as Green Bay's, um, I don't want to say faint playoff hopes, because I think I think they are better than faint when you go through the schedule. But as far as Green Bay uh, clinging to playoff hopes, this is the weekend because they got to beat the Texans, who are a pretty good team. And, and they got to have the Saints beat the Lions on Sunday. So I went to my good friends over at BetDSI.com today. The Packers are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Six-and-a-half against the Texans. I was a little, a little surprised by that. And if you're into the over-under thing, 45-and-a-half. Are you ready to get into that action? If so, check out BetDSI.com. They've been in business for more than 20 years. And as you'd expect with a business with that sort of longevity, they are top-rated business and trustworthy. BetDSI.com has a great football special. Sign up today and get $10 free to try their service. BetDSI is also offering a 100% bonus on your first deposit. They've got great customer service and fast and easy payment of your winnings. They've got hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from. You You like soccer? They got that. You like European hockey? They got that too. UFC, you bet. BetDSI even has live in-game wagering on all football, basketball, and other major sporting events. You can play virtually anything at BetDSI. So go there now. Go to BetDSI.com. That's BetDSI.com. Go there now and use promo code PACKERS10 to get your free wager and start winning today. And that takes us to second down. That's our Behind Enemy Lines segment with Aaron Wilson. And I, w- I was really hoping for something more extensive. Aaron's availability was Thursday mid-afternoon. Well, the Packers had backed up their schedule so much that they practice at 2 o'clock. And they had locker room from 3.50 to like 4.45. And then we had assistant coaches there for that. So I wasn't free until Thursday night. Well, he was busy Thursday night. So I didn't manage to get Aaron on the phone for about seven or eight minutes. And here it is with Aaron Wilson from Locked On Texans and the Houston Chronicle. All right, Aaron, is, is they, are the Texans' problem, is it just rooted in the quarterback? Well, what's going on down there, do you think, this year? Big problems, Bill, with the quarterback. You know, he's not very accurate, he's not very decisive, and he throws a lot of interceptions. That makes it tough for the offense to really click, Bill. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is a football wide receiver, a very proven guy, and he's thrown eight of his 13 interceptions in the direction of DeAndre Hopkins, so they're not connecting, and that's a really important thing that needed to click, and without that, they just don't have much of an offense, because you know, they're not a dominant running team, they're a pretty good running team with Lamar Miller, uh, he ranks 
the NFL in rushing, but they just don't have anything that you could say is special. You know, the tight ends are okay. The wide receivers aren't bad. The offensive line is not really very good. Uh, you know, Brock's not sacked very often. Yeah, he gets hit a lot. He got hit nine times against the Chargers. The Joey Bosa is really good. And he's, um, you know, obviously just really dominant on a down lineman, but I just think that they lack firepower, and you know, Will Fuller is a talented, fast kid, but you know he hasn't really made a huge impact since earlier in the season. He got, you know, Brock got four years and seventy-two million dollars for seven starts in Denver. I guess from my way outside perspective, it seemed like holy crap, what a reach. What what was your thoughts when when that transaction went down? I mean, I thought it was a lot of money for an unproven guy. I thought that it was kind of like when they got Matt Shaw, they were just sort of betting on potential. I remember Matt they traded for, but it's just a situation where you're betting on potential and on a 25-year-old guy that's tall with a good arm and some athleticism, and you're hoping that he would thrive in your system. And it's kind of like an arranged marriage, and you know, it hasn't worked so far. Uh, you know, everybody says he works hard and he's a good guy, but... Yeah, I think he presses. Uh, you look at his mental makeup, he's watching, his body language, and, yeah, he's pressing. And until he can calm down, just deliver the ball, sometimes people are open, he just holds it. He just holds it, holds it, holds it, and it's not really open anymore. Uh, it's frustrating to watch them, you, know, you can imagine. I mean, not as much for me as it is for the <laughs> team or the fans, but, you know, I, I was like, I don't know how to stick in this thing, but when I watch, it's just, you know, you just kind of say, hey, throw the ball. You uh, you hit on the tight ends a minute ago. Fedorowicz has 39 catches. Griffin has 34. Uh, the rookie Anderson has 10. That's a lot of catches. Green Bay struggle with tight ends. Are they productive by necessity, or are they productive because they're pretty good guys? I think they're pretty talented, actually. You know, they're big guys. They're both uh, pretty good athletes. CJ Fedorowicz and... Ryan Griffin, and I think they're solid tight ends. I mean, they're, she's played very well. They don't throw him the ball that much. Whenever they throw it to him, he catches it. Uh, I think that he's pretty good after the catch. He's uh, got in really good shape this year. Above average blocker. Uh, he's a start for a lot of teams. I think he's, you know, like a top half of the league tight end, you know, probably like, you know, 15th, 16th, kind of like that ranking. Um, defensively, you, you lose J.J. Watt, and you figure, oh, crap, they're, they're going to be up a creek. But, I mean, if you look at the numbers, they're practically as good as they were last year. Well, what's been what's been the story there? What's what's made that unit click? Well, they still have a lot of first-round draft picks that are populating this defense without J.J. Watt. You know, we're talking about Whitney Mercilus. We're talking about Jadavian Klein, the top overall pick. Vince Wolf, or, uh, obviously, he's past his prime. But, you know, so they got Jonathan Joseph. They've got Kareem Jackson. Uh, you look at uh, guys that, you know, Brian Cushing, and, you know, even a second rounder that's really blossomed this year, Bernardo McKinney, he's got 101 tackles and four sacks. Only guy in the NFL that has 100 tackles and four sacks, so that's a good combination. And, you know, Trinidad Klein is really blossomed this year. He's playing a lot of defense today and playing JJ's old spot. They move around, sometimes he plays outside linebacker, sometimes he plays inside uh, as a down lineman. He's undersized. Six five two seventy, but he's very strong and very athletic. Uh, he doesn't finish a lot of his pass rushes, so he doesn't get a lot of sacks. But he does get pressure, and he's a good edge center. And you know, a lot of people can't run on the Texans because of him. It's uh, very 
like difficult. He's really disruptive. Like he plays the run better than the pass even. And Merciless gets a lot of tackles for losses and he's tough to block. They've got you know, Cushing's not really a dominant guy anymore, but he's still solid. They don't have very good safeties. If they had good safeties this would be essentially a defense would be even better, but you know, without JJ obviously they don't get the big plays. Uh, but I think Roman Cornell does a nice job of coaching these guys up and putting in good situations. And you know, they've had a little trouble with some good quarterbacks lately. So in the fourth quarter, been up and down against the Raiders, against Derek Carr, and then they had problems getting Philip Rivers, and he got the ball out quickly. And is you know I don't think the receivers for the Chargers are that good. It's just a matter of Rivers making some good throws. But yeah, I, just, I have a lot of concern for them against Rodgers and. I don't know how they really operate against him, but sometimes they surprise you and really compete well with good teams. I was going to ask you about that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has finally gotten on a roll. Green Bay's got a bunch of good pass catchers, really no one dominant per se. Do the Texans have the horsepower in the secondary to match up, do you think? Yeah, I think it's tough for them to match up. It's just four points. I, I just think it's difficult, though. I mean, I just don't think they really... Um, you know, really have the right people to get in a shootout with the Packers. I, I just, you know, would have a you know a lot of concern about their ability to win the game. They're, they're one and four on the road. It's just Packers team that looks pretty resurgent after this last game. So maybe if this hamstring is worse than people think, I, my understanding is you know he's practicing, so I would expect you know to be out there and. Maybe they don't run the pistol as much, you know, because of this. But, I mean, I don't think they need the pistol to score points and complete passes. For the Texans to win, they have to do what? <laughs> run the football. they got to run it right down their throat. And I know the Packers are good against the run, but that's their best hope. You know, I know everyone will say, well, Packers have a weak pass defense. It's just throw it. Right. We're talking about Brock Osweiler here. <laughs> ice board right now. I don't know. I think maybe a controlled passing game, just a high percentage throws and lead you can make. You know, eventually they're going to hit them. Clay Matthews, Julius Peppers, like Neil. So I think they've got a uh, right tackle, Chris Clark. He replaced Derek Newton. Mm-hmm. And he's allowed, I think it's 41 combined pressures and sacks this season. That's the second most in the NFL. Not good. All right, Aaron Wilson, we greatly appreciate your time, and I will see you up here at Lambeau Field on Sunday. Thanks a lot. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right, third down. And what do the Packers do at inside linebacker? Against the Eagles, as you probably recall, it was Clay Matthews and Joe Thomas for most of the game because of Blake Martinez and, and Jake Ryan being out with injuries. At Thursday's practice, both Ryan uh, Martinez and Matthews, they all practice. They're all limited uh, participation. Ryan, who's essentially missed the last three games because of an ankle injury. Martinez, who missed last week's game because of a knee sprain. And Matthews, of course, dinged up with that shoulder injury, sustained on that, what he called a cheap shot block. We'll get into that in just a second. So we'll, we'll see who plays. I asked Dom Capers about that and said, well, you prepare for the worst, and if you get good news, then you're happy about that. You know, just... 
based on what I saw at Thursday's practice, I would say that Ryan's ahead of Thomas. So there's probably a pretty good chance that Green Bay will have Ryan and Matthews available. I would say Blake Martinez is maybe a week off. So what do the Packers do? Did they go with Matthews? Excuse me, did they go with Ryan and Joe Thomas? Or did they go with Ryan and Matthews? And I would say, I shouldn't say, what I would do, a better way to put this, is I would go with Ryan and Matthews because the Texans are going to run the ball. Running the football is what they do best. Quarterback Blake, or Blake, he should be named Blake. Brock Eisweiler has been terrible. I think, you know, I think, and what they've done well is, is they've run the ball well. Lamar Miller's on his way to a 1,000-yard season, and in the backup, uh, he's averaging almost five yards a carry. You know, he, you know, that's what Mike McCarthy said on Thursday, too, that he, ex- he expects the Titans or the Texans to run, run, run some more. So to me, you got to have Matthews inside. You know, Ryan is a really good play, run player. Remember, you know, in the last three weeks, they've been beaten on the run, and that's because Jake Ryan has not been out there. So Ryan's been a really good run player. And Matthews gives you that size that Joe Thomas lacks. So I would go Ryan and Matthews if, if I was uh, Dom Capers. And then when it's passing downs, then you put in Joe Thomas to be your pass coverage guy. And then you put Clay Matthews at the line of scrimmage to go rush the passer. So that's what I would do. We'll see what they do. Uh, here's what Capers said on that subject. Clay, we felt moving Clay in there and playing him in our nickel package. We thought that was the right thing to do in terms of getting our best talent in the field. This past week, and you know what? It's probably their best way to get their best talent on the field this week, too. About that cheap shot. That's not a cheap shot. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, he got hit hard. Hey, that's football, right? It's, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I like Clay. He's, he's always been really good to me. You know, he's obviously a hell of a football player, but that, that's not a cheap shot. You know, you, it's, it's called keeping your head on a swivel and being aware of what's around you. You know, I, you know, I, every once in a while I do this, I, I, I channel my inner Al Bunny from Mary with Children. Well, back when I played high school football, those are the blocks you live to give. You love to just go, you know, lay out some guy who's not paying any attention. And you know what? What was, uh, what was Alan Barber supposed to do on that? You know, play a little patty kick and hope that was enough to prevent Mantis from from, uh, from tackling the guy for a loss of six? So, yeah, I, I didn't see it as a cheap shot. Um, I, know, I know the fines will come out today my... My good friend Rob Domofsky is always on top of those from ESPN.com. So, you know, I I would assume Barber's not going to get flagged for that. I mean, at the end of the day, we are still playing football. And at the end of the day, as much as they want to legislate it, and as much as I understand legislating it to some extent, it still has to be a physical game. And you still have to go block people. And sometimes, you know what, you're going to block people hard. And you know what, I know Clay got hurt. I know Clay didn't like it. Tough. All right, that takes us to fourth down and my keys to victory. I got three of them here. And, 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 and they do not include scoring more points into the Texans. I get, I, get, I get a little bit more in depth. Number one is turnovers. And you know what? It's always a key, obviously. You know, this is not, this is like elementary school foot keys to the game, right? But here, here's, what I, here's what I'm thinking here. The Packers are minus five on the year in turnovers. Houston's minus nine. And only five teams have more giveaways than the Texans' 19. And, and uh, Houston quarterback Brock Osweiler is tied for the NFL lead with 13 interceptions. And that's more interceptions than the four quarterbacks that they used combined for last year. So that's, that's what they get. the Texans are getting for $72 million. They're getting an interception machine. And the Packers, of course, have not intercepted the ball well this year. 
They only won from a cornerback. You got to go back to what week? Week five, the fourth game of the year for that, right? I mean, geez, Louise, this has been a long drought for this group. They have to start taking the football. And I'm not talking about winning this football game. For this team to have any prayer, they have to start taking the football. It's It's been what this defense has done well for years and years and years. You know, we've talked about on the show before where when you look at just the corners from 2009 through 2015, they had 16 more interceptions than any other cornerback group in the league. And, you know, just interceptions in general, they were about plus 16 over every other, every other team in the league, too. They have to start taking the football away. And Dom Capers was hoping that the one last week can kind of get things going. I know you're, you're, you're 11 weeks into it. You, at some point, you are what you are, right? But, you know, Demarius Randall's back, and he's shown a nose for the football. And, you know, you got some pass rush going last week, and the offense is gone. Is gotten better where, you know what, maybe you're not going to be playing from behind all the time. So maybe, just maybe, it's the start of something. But, you know, Jimmy, looking at Houston having 19 giveaways, you've got to take the football away. It's not going to be easy scoring against that defense. And it takes us to number two. That is an excellent defense. Houston's got a great defense, even without J.J. Watt. And we went over this yesterday. If you look at the numbers, they're no different than they were last year. They're giving up two more points a game than they did last year, but that's, that's, that's turnovers. That's not the defense. The defense has been great. And that's going to put the pressure, not the pressure, that's going to put the onus on Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy to just be patient. You know, Rodgers' mobility, you know, we didn't get to see that on Thursday. Uh, he was a totally pocket passer when we were there. I'm not sure if that was to protect him, if that was to be safe, or if it was just to hide it from us. But either way, he just solely threw from the pocket. At Thursday's practice, and we, we, we will not get, well, actually, they don't practice today anyway. They don't practice today, and they do practice Saturday. And we, we do not get to see Saturday's practice. So yesterday was really our one and only chance to see Rodgers. And I, I have absolutely no idea where he's at with that hamstring. None. But you, know, you figure he's going to be limited, right? It's gonna be, and it's going to be cold. And cold weather is not great for muscles, muscle strains. You know, last I checked, a high of 37 for Sunday. So with limited mobility... He has to get the ball out quick. And that means being patient. I don't mean being patient to survey the field. I mean being patient and taking what's there. If you're going to be patient and take the short stuff and take what's there, then you have to make yards after the catch. You just have to. I mean, if you're going to throw the ball two yards and they tackle you for three, you're doomed. It's what the Packers did so well last week against the Eagles. I mean, I looked at that first drive where Rodgers threw for what, 80 yards in that first drive? It was like 66 for Yak. And, it, and, it, and that's the recipe. You know, throw it short to Cobb, throw it short to Nelson, throw it short to Adams. Make a guy miss, or, you know, if you're Cobb, make a guy miss. If, if you're Nelson, maybe you don't make the guy miss, but you at least drag him for three yards. And then Nelson's done well at that, and Cobb has made guys miss, or, you know, he's been power, he's ran with power too. And look, you, you need to have that kind of thing where throw it for two and get five. Throw it for two and maybe maybe get ten, you know. Throw it for two and you know you know those little quick receiver screens and you know Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams you know threw had great blocks on that first series where they threw back to back quick passes to Cobb, you know, you know those two passes I think were two yards behind the line of scrimmage and they became six and eight yard gains because Adams and Nelson blocks well. That's what they need against a Houston defense which is which is damn good. 
And look, I mean, they're they're ninth in with uh the Texans are ninth with six point five four yards per passing attempt. That's damn good. And it's probably not going to be any better. I wouldn't think on on Sunday. But just be patient. Take what's there. Make a guy miss. And if you get some takeaways, take advantage of a short field or two. And and maybe and maybe this might be one of those games where twenty one twenty four points is enough. But it's going to be up to those receivers to get the job done. And my final key. They have to get Ty Montgomery involved. And I, I asked McCarthy about this on Thursday about his running back rotation. And I, I, I preface by saying it's funny to ask this because you had no running backs for three weeks. Is it hard to get your running backs involved? And I, I kind of knew where I was going with this anyway and before I asked the question. But James Starks is getting a lot of snaps. He's not been productive. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. But there's a reason for it. Time, do you want Ty Montgomery pass protecting? Do you, I mean, he's a wide receiver, right? I mean, how, how good do you feel? Because the Texans are going to blitz. I mean, the Texans blitz is what they do with Romeo Cornell. How good do you feel with Ty Montgomery picking up a blitz? And how good do you feel with Kristen Michael, who's been here for two weeks? How good do you feel about him picking up a blitz? I mean, that's never been his forte anyway. I mean, the knock on him in Seattle and why he got cut in Seattle is he's not a good passing game player. So how good do you feel about those guys picking up a blitz? Well, you know what? I feel damn good about James Starks picking up a blitz. He's, he, he's never been a great blitz player, but he's been in the system forever. He's 220 pounds. He's physical. He doesn't shy away from contact. You know, he'll be where he needs to be. I feel a lot better, and that's the way it's been for all these games. You'll feel better with James Starks protecting and you know running backs coach Ben Sermons when I asked him yesterday about his comfort level with, with uh those other guys pass protecting I mean that's what that's what he said you know when you got when you got a guy with experience and a guy who does all those things you just want to rely on him and you know especially when your quarterback Aaron Rodgers has got some mo- mobility issues you've got to protect him which means probably a lot of Starks but you have to get Montgomery involved and again I'm I feel like I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth here but you got to find that happy balance because Montgomery's been great. I mean, he's a, as a as a receiver goes, I mean, there's no there's no contest. I mean, he is he's a receiver. He's gonna be he's gonna be better, right? Dun 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 dun. Breaking news. And as a running back, he's rushed for six fewer yards than James Starks on half as many carries. So he's been a more effective runner. He's going to be more effective in the passing game. Just the pass protection, and somehow they've got to figure out a way to get rolls for everybody and a way to get Ty Montgomery more than the 18 snaps he had last week against the Eagles. And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Thank you, as always, for listening. Like I've been like, like I like to tell you, I would not do it without you because I have no interest in talking to myself. So <laughs> thanks for listening. I truly appreciate it. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games on Saturday. Enjoy the game on Sunday, and I will talk to you with Keith Roarding from the Lambeau Field Press Box on Sunday evening. Take care, everybody. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. 
Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.